Welcome to Matthew's World of Wine and Drink, an educational podcast dedicated to teaching you all about the wines of the world, the different grape varieties, the different regions, and the history and culture of wine. In my third episode on some of my favourite producers, I go to Sherry, which is, of course, one of my favourite regions and styles of wine um, in the world. And the producer that I'm going to focus on, although there are lots of good producers there, is Fernando de Castilla. And in fact, when I visited um, Jerez uh, last November, Fernando de Castilla was the first producer that I went to straight from the train station uh, to the bodega with all our, all our luggage, because I really wanted to uh, check Fernando de Castilla out because it's long been one of my favorite sherry producers, a real consistency in quality across the board, making all styles of sherry. And it's also a little bit unusual because it's owned by a Norwegian, and we don't really think of Norway having much connection with um, sherry and sherry production, but the Norwegian Jan Pettersen is a very important figure in the the sherry industry, and he's been working with sherry since the 1980s, uh, when he started working with Osborne, um, a massive producer, uh, one that's still going. Osborne are very famous for the bulls which are scattered across Spain, uh, black metallic bulls on, on hillsides next to roads, and they used to have the Osborne name emblazoned on them, but in the late 80s they had to take the name off, and now people don't really associate those the bulls with um, Osborne and with Sherry, well, that's why they're there, so if you ever travelled around Spain and seen them, that's where they come from a very iconic uh, part of Spain's landscape. And he worked for Osborne for about 15 years until the late 1990s. Because in the 1990s, Osborne started selling off a lot of its brands, a lot of its producers, a lot of its wineries, and not just in Sherry, but elsewhere as well. This was a lot of uh, consolidation because, um, particularly in Sherry, the popularity of the drink was waning. So a huge producer like Osborne did have to cut back on some of their production and some of their labels. So we're talking about a time boom in the 70s and 80s when sherry production was extremely high um, and, and drunk all around the world, but it's mainly sweet styles and styles that had been invented for the market rather than um, traditional historic styles like um, pale cream, for instance. And then that fashion really tailed off pretty quickly in the 90s and sherry's still recovering from that now. Although Jan did point out to me that um, last year, or in 2018 now, the value of sherry went up 12%, but volume went down 4%. So there's been a real uh, concentration on quality rather than quantity. So those people who see sherry um, as in, in demise is a little more complicated than that, because although production is falling quite rapidly, it's actually a good thing, because a lot of that's going to be pretty low-quality wine, whereas the value of sherry is going up because of its emphasis on quality. And Jan has been at the heart of that change in the last 25 years from quantity to quality in sherry. And so when Osborne was selling um, a lot of their brands off, uh, Jan tried to buy uh, one of them, and they kept inquiring once he heard that one was for sale if he could buy it, but they didn't really want to have a complicated transaction where Jan would have to raise the money and there would have to be a transition um, in terms of production and ownership. They just wanted to sell it straight away and get rid of all their labels. So Jan was unable to invest in any of the brands that he had already been working with for Osborne. But word got round Jerez that Jan was uh, looking to buy a bodega and so the owner of Fernando de Castilla uh, got in contact with him and said, well, do you want to um, join forces with me and work with me with the aim of taking it over in the future and Jan looked at it and he said well it's not really worth it your your production is so low that it doesn't need two people 
there'd be no point in me joining you. So how about I just buy it from you? And then Fernando de Castillo was a small producer, just 30,000 bottles. And most of the what they worked with was um, vineyards and selling the grapes. So they were more um, a grower rather than a producer. And so Jan wasn't interested in that. He's more interested in the production side of it. So he just bought the bodega and let the family continue to uh, farm uh, grapes as they were doing. And they actually own quite a lot of land. In the 20 years since he bought it, he bought it in 1999, Jan has transformed production from 30,000 bottles to 400,000 bottles. And so it's still pretty small production, but much larger than it used to be. And it's really become one of the key and core producers in Sherry. And Jan affectionately is known as the boss. A quietly serious, uh, but also quietly humorous man. Very engaging and extremely knowledgeable about Sherry. If you have a question about Sherry, he will probably be able to answer it. But before we look at the sherries which Fernando de Castilla produces, and which you might want to try if you can find them in your market, um, Fernando de Castilla does also make brandy and vinegar. And brandy is very important in sherry. Uh, most Spanish brandy is going to come from Jerez, even though the grapes are grown in La Mancha, and a lot of it is pretty big production. So there's about 160 million bottles of brandy de Jerez produced each year, so pretty sizable production and probably bigger than a lot bigger than sherry itself. About 100 million of those bottles are pretty substandard brandy, the kind of stuff you find um, in grocery stores and supermarkets on the bottom shelf and pretty cheap. But then there's 60 million bottles made of uh, good quality brandy, including by Fernando de Castilla. Also, Lustau make a very good brandy as well, and Tio Pepe make brandy, uh, sorry, Gonzalez Bias make brandy too. So those big sherry, uh, famous sherry producers do make brandy to supplement their income, and it can be very good. A sweeter, more brown sugar burnt version of cognac or armagnac, so a different style. And then also making vinegar, which um, sometimes is lost wine, so wine that um, has gone, gone bad, can be turned into vinegar, why not seem suitable for uh, sale. But usually it's um, industrialised, but for Fernando Castilla it's going to be much higher quality than that. And the vinegar in, in Jerez can be a little bit sharp, a little bit different from um, Italian vinegar. And they also make vermouth. And vermouth is a traditional uh, style made in Jerez, but one that had pretty much disappeared. It's really concentrated in Catalonia and northern Spain. But there's been a huge revival in vermouth over the last 10 years. And 10 years ago, Spanish vermouth wasn't even available in the US. And now there's a lot of different producers, small producers, that you can get uh, Spanish vermouth from. And it can be really high quality. And uh, Fernando Castilla's vermouth is really good. And so they've revived the production of their vermouth simply because it's fashionable. It's consumer demand, which has driven the demand for vermouth rather than uh, producers driving the demand for consumers. Again, another producer who makes very good vermouth is Lustau, and this is the new product for them based on an old recipe. And they make a white vermouth, a red vermouth, and a rosé vermouth as well, which is less successful, but their white vermouth is fantastic. So lots of different styles of drinks to try in sherry, not just sherry itself. And of course, sherry is one of the most versatile and varied styles of wine. It isn't really one style of wine. So we have Fino, Amontillado, Oloroso, Palo Cortado, Pedro Simonet, going all the way from bone dry to um, um, lusciously sweet. And of course, there's the Manzanilla style as well, but that's only made in San Luca de Barrameda. So similar to a Fino, but a bit more delicate and a bit fresher. But uh, Fernando Castillo do not make that because they're based in the town of Jerez. 
And there are three different ranges of of sherry that uh, Fernando Castillo make. There's the classic, which is their introductory level, uh, good quality and affordable. Then there's the antique, where the wines are much older, uh, more substantial, more concentrated. And then there's the singular, which are very old wines, just an Oloroso and a Pedro Simonet. So those are going to be really uh, concentrated and mature. So there's two different finos, the classic and the antique. Vino is aged for four and a half years under floor, and this is um, a more modern, following the more modern trend for Fino, where the Fino tastes more like a white wine, so a bit more delicate and fresher and fruitier. Whereas the antique is based on the classic Fino, but then it's aged for another four to five years, so it can be eight years old or more, which is pretty old for a Fino. But this is a more actually more classical, old-fashioned style because it is refortified. Uh, to 17%, which uh, takes the place of filtration and kind of beefs up the wine as well, makes it a bit heavier, a bit richer, and a bit denser. Uh, so not like the fresh, uh, modern style of Fino, so much uh, kind of fits with the name antique, which is referring to the age of the wine, but it's also kind of the style of the wine as well. And um, the, the floor is a lot thinner as well. So quite a different style from the classic, even though it's based on the same wine. They also bottle Fino and Rama, so this is another new modern trend of bottling straight from the barrel. And this is um, bottled after six years, uh, which is quite quite fresh and nutty and creamy. And I like the Andrama style, it's a bit more um, authentic and rustic at the same time. And then there's the Amontillados, and big fan of the Fernando Castilla Amontillados. Again, um, there's the classic and the antique range. I actually got to try the antique straight from the barrel which was interesting to try, just still in its development. And I did learn that the Amontillado is always taken from the barrel at the coldest point of the year, e.g. Uh, December. And likewise, the Fino um, can't be bottled at the warmest point. It has to be in spring or aut- autumn, uh, because the uh, Fino won't, uh, the floor won't reseal at the warmest point. So you've got to be careful about when to take the wine from the barrel. And the Antique Amontillado has that richness to it, um, some power and some depth to it, a bit more concentration than a classic, a bit older, almost becoming more like an, an, an Oloroso, but still having that freshness to it as well. Um, it also makes a Palo Cortado, where the Fino uh, loses its floor, and it becomes like a heavy Amontillado or a lighter Oloroso, so it's kind of in between. And Palo Cortado is one of the most intriguing styles of sherry. Listen to that in my... Uh, podcast series on fortified wines more about these different styles of sherry but the Fernando Castilla Palacotado is perhaps alongside the Antique Fino the favorite of my um, Fernando de Castilla wines because it just has everything of all those different styles the freshness of the Fino chewiness of the Amontillado and then the mature leathery quality of the Oloroso and the Antique Oloroso is um, 24 years old on average. So a pretty old style of Oloroso. And it does have a little bit of residual sugar, 6 to 7 grams per litre. And that's pretty typical for Amontillados and Olorosos, uh, because the Fino lives on the residual sugar that's in the wine. And so it's usually um, put into the barrel at 3 grams per litre of residual sugar, and then the Fino eats that sugar along other things in the wine. Whereas the Oloroso doesn't feed on that sugar, and so the sugar builds up a little bit more. But because the wine's so rich and so powerful and so old and so concentrated, that residual sugar is just giving the wine a little bit of body and it, you don't really feel that sweetness too much. And then there's the um, the old Oloroso, the Singular, which I did get to try, which is an average 80 years old, where the alcohol is 24%, so it's all been concentrated so much that it's reached this incredibly high level. And so this is really rich and smoky, uh, cigars, intense... Not a wine that you can drink too much of because it is so intense and so high in alcohol, but certainly a treat, and I can imagine drinking that with a cigar for sure. 
So Fernando de Castilla, really classic but modern producer, really reviving quality um, in their bodega and reflecting the levels of quality in sherry, which have risen hugely in the last 20 years, driven by someone who's completely passionate about the wine. And I think to make good sherry, you have to be passionate because it's not a money-making operation and it's a difficult um, business to be in. But Fernando Castilla show just what sherry is capable of and the whole range of wines as well. So you can really just go through this one producer and have a good sense of what sherry is capable of. So thank you for listening. I'm Matthew, and this has been Matthew's World of Wine and Drink.